Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. I want to get right into the Word of God. I want to get right into the Word of God. This is the last message of 2014, and it's going to set the direction for 2015, and I need to get right into it because we got a lot of ground to cover. Now, as they keep bringing folk in, y'all don't get distracted. Look at his name, so don't get distracted. All right, here we go. Lift your Bibles high. We're going to make our confession of faith. We got a brand new confession for you, the 2015 confession. I want you to say it with me. I am unconditionally loved by God at harvest. I come to him just as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the message I'm prepared to receive will make me more like the great I am. I am blessed and I am favored in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It is my custom to remain standing for the reading of the word. So if you just stand, Genesis chapter 31. Genesis chapter 31 is right after index. <laughs> it's good to see everybody tonight. Hallelujah. I, I, I believe 2015 is going to be the greatest year of your life yet. And now watch this. I know some of y'all thinking, Bishop, I've heard that before. L- look at your neighbor and say, this ain't preacher hype. Please understand, minimal manipulation ain't the occupation for the bishop you're facing. I, got, I don't have a word. I have the word for 2015. I, I'm telling you, I, I don't have a guest tonight. I got what the Holy Ghost wants to say to you tonight. Are you ready for this? Here we are. Genesis, Genesis, the beginning, chapter 31, verse 24. It says, then Jacob was left alone. Say he was alone. That's how your neighbor felt uh, in their life and some of the predicaments and circumstances they've been in right now. They've been feeling alone. And look what he says. When he was alone, a man wrestled with him. Now, man here means angel. And more specifically, the angel here, because it's capitalized, is referring to Jesus before we knew him as Jesus, which means Jacob wrestled with Jesus before you even knew Jesus had a name. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day, which means they were wrestling when? At night. 
25. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against them, who didn't prevail? The angel. God. But wait a minute. God didn't prevail against a man. Which means evidently what he was doing in verse 24 must have been something real tough. Look at the neighbor and say, that must have been real good, whatever he was doing. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint and he, as he wrestled with him. Verse 26. And he said, let me go. This is the angel talking. Let me go for the day's getting ready to break. In other words, he said, the sun's getting ready to rise. Mm -hmm. But he said, I will not let you go until you what? Bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. Now, look at verse 28. And he said, mm-mm. Just act like you're from the South a little bit. Just say, mm-mm. Uh, and he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. Uh, why? Because you struggle with God and with men, but you won. I, I, I don't think this atmosphere is just quite right yet. He said, he said, listen, uh, all your life, Jacob, you had a lot of junk and a lot of drama. He said, but in this moment, not only did you have to struggle with men, but you also struggled with me. But I got the dues for you, Jacob. You won. I, I, I maybe didn't come to talk to everybody, but I came to talk to somebody to where when you look over your life, you've had issues with God and you've had issues with people. But I got an announcement for somebody tonight. You won. I thought somebody say you won. Look, look, verse 29. Then Jacob asked, he said, tell me your name, I pray. He's asking the angel and he said, why you want to know my name? Now notice he doesn't actually answer his question. He said, why? Why you want to know my name? And look at the last part of the verse. And he what? Blessed him. Where? There. And he barocked him, which means he, 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 he saluted him. He made him abundant. He made him all together. He made him shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Where did he do it? There. What was there? Where he wrestled with him. Father, tonight, I decrease that you might increase. Over these next few moments, I pray that you would speak to us with such clarity tonight, Father, that people would leave this worship experience not just having heard a man, but having heard the words of God spoken through a man. So now, Father, I pray that you take these lips of clay, Father, as the prophet said, these unlearned lips, and give me the tongue of the learned, Father, that this message would be so customized and tailor-made to your people that they would swear that somebody had a camera in their house this week feeding me information. Let them know that there is a God who's been watching what they've been going through in 2014. And there is a God that has an announcement for them for what is to come in 2015. So, Father, as we prepare to declare the end of last year and we welcome the beginning of this year, we're going to do it and we're going to do it with praise and we're going to do it honoring you. Speak. Somebody shout, speak, Lord. I'll hear and obey in Jesus' name. Have five, two or three people as you take your seats. Tell them this, surge, 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 surge. What, what is this? Uh, 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 tonight, I'm going to revelate, and revelation causes expectation. Say expectation. You have heard me say, if you've attended Harvest for any amount of time, that I have not yet had the ability to really preach yet. I've been laying foundation for the first eight years of our church. And so tonight, though, I like to take New Year's Eve to take an opportunity to revelate. Somebody say revelate. So what does that mean? It means to show that which has been covered to you. In other words, please understand the book of Revelation. Uh, in the Greek, it is apocalypto, which means to uncover or unveil. Tonight, somebody say tonight. God is going to uncover and unveil some things to you tonight. Now, 
Bishop, why did you tell you tell us you're going to revelate? Because revelation causes expectation, and expectation determines your preparation. So, Bishop, what's my preparation? Whenever tonight, as I'm ministering to you, whenever this message speaks to you, I want you to bring and sow an offering at this altar, or you can do it on your mobile device. Bishop, why? Because the scripture teaches us in 1 Samuel chapter 9 that, watch this, when you make an exchange of a seed, God makes an exchange of wisdom. When you make an exchange of a seed, God makes an exchange of revelation. So, tonight, I need you to seal this. Somebody say, I'm going to seal this. Now, now watch this. What, uh, Bishop, what are we preparing for in 2015? Here's the word. You and our church are going to surge. Some of you are like, I don't know what that means. I ain't talking about the drink they had a few years ago and they quit making. A surge is a sudden and power, powerful forward and upward movement. I'm going to say it again because I messed it up. A surge is a sudden. Somebody say sudden. I'm going to tell you that 2015, the way things were today, you're going to wake up tomorrow and say, good God, what in the world is going on here? God's getting ready to do some sudden things in your life. It ain't going to make no sense. High five, somebody say it's going to be sudden. On one day, they're going to say you owe this much. And on the next day, they're going to say somehow the debt's been forgiven. Now, 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 now say sudden. And then powerful. Uh, forward. Or upward movement. Say, I'm surging in 2015. Now, now let me be real clear because I'm going to make this make sense in a moment. Uh, we're not making resolutions for 2015. We're going to have a revolution in 2015. In a little over an hour, you're going to be reloaded with 52 weeks, 365 days, 8,765.81277 hours, 525,948.766 minutes, 31,556,926 seconds. And in each metric of measurement in 2015, we declare that we are going to surge. Somebody say surge. surge. Now, now, now watch this. Please understand. Uh, there are four keys that I need to give you to surge in 2015. And I want to use the life of a man named Jacob. Say Jacob. Uh, now, please understand, we don't have time in this message to go verse by verse and concept and concept and precept by precept. So I'm going to give you the abbreviated version of his story. I'm going to give you uh, the version that they play uh, when they put it on regular TV. They put the movie on TV and they cut stuff out. And you're looking at the movie, you're like, no, where is this scene? Well, they had to cut it out because they didn't have enough time. So tonight I got to cut some stuff out because I don't have enough time. But look at the neighbor say, it's still going to be good for us. Now, please understand, most people, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you think of Jacob as a trickster, as a player, as a two-timer. But I need to tell you tonight uh, that you've been hoodwinked and you've been bamboozled and sold a bill of goods because that narrative of Jacob simply isn't accurate. Jacob, his name in Hebrew means heel grabber or supplanter. Supplanter does not have a negative connotation. To supplant means to supersede and replace. In other words, Jacob's name was an indication that what was coming before him was in, uh, insufficient and it was in F. So Jacob came as a replacement to supersede that which was there. Bishop, what does that have to do with me? You are the Jacob in your bloodline. Bishop, what do you mean? Everybody else in your bloodline was fine settling for less than what God had ordained. And everybody else in your bloodline was okay with okay. But there's something about you that says, I'm a heel grabber, baby. I was created for greatness. I was created to do more than just get by. Somebody shout, I'm Jacob. Now watch this, uh, watch this. In Genesis 24, Rebecca marries Isaac when he was 40 years old. He was the original 40-year-old virgin. After Abraham, his father sends a servant to find a wife for Isaac. Now, the Bible records that Isaac loved Rebecca. Say, Isaac, Isaac. loved Rebecca. 
But it doesn't say that she loved Isaac back. In fact, what happened is when Abraham's servant goes to find uh, Rebekah, she comes and they marry and they make this agree to go into nuptials sight unseen, which is very interesting because I need to give you a side note right here. They married the idea of who the other one was, not the reality of who they were. There's some stuff that you call yourself in love with, but you're in love with the idea of it, not the reality of it. You like the idea of success, but you don't want the work of success. You ain't hearing what I'm saying tonight. You like the idea of a great marriage, but you don't want to put in the work that takes to... Okay. Okay, watch this. In fact, the Bible suggests that he married her to be comforted from the death of his mother. Let me say this to you. Be careful who you run to for comfort when you're confused. Isaac needs comfort, so he takes Rebekah. But here's the issue with Rebekah. Rebekah's name in Hebrew means a noose around the neck. It means to get caught up in drama and to stall. Stall means, watch this, you are going somewhere and midway through your action, the action ceases. So Isaac ends up marrying what stalls him. I got a question for somebody tonight. What did you join yourself to in 2014 that ended up being what stalled you? It ended up being a noose around your neck. And it was great at first when y'all both had drama. But now that you're out of your drama and they still talking that same old who shot John. Have you ever noticed that misery loves company? And when messed up folk get around messed up folk, they're friends. But something's been happening in you. You've been changing your mindset. And so now when you go talk to those messed up people, you're like, I don't even like you anymore. But Now we're in Genesis 25. So watch this. Genesis 25, verse 21. It says, now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife. His wife's name was who? Rebecca, because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. So now we understand that she didn't just have a child, she had children, which means that in this particular instance, she had twins. Say twins. And she said, watch this, if everything's good, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. There's some of you that have been asking God over the last year, God, if you're really with me, why is this happening? God, if you really love me, why is this happening? God, if you really care about me, why is... Am I talking to anybody in here? God, if you really blessed me, why does it seem like everything I do fails? God, if you really love me, why the struggle? And look what she says. So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, verse 23, watch this. Two nations are in your womb. In other words, she just was trying to have some kids, really just a child. But in her trying to have a child, God says, baby, I'm going to give you double. All you wanted out of me was a son, but I'm going to give you much more than what you asked for. There's more. <laughs> you ask God to make you great. You ask God to use you. And now you got to go through the pain of what it costs to be used. So I got a question for somebody tonight. What you ask for, for if now that it's tough and rough, you're ready to give up? Tell your neighbor, say, what you ask for, for? That is a southern uh, phraseology that simply means, dear fellow, why did you ask that particular question if you were not prepared to deal with the ramifications of the answer that comes here forth? Now, now watch this. And the Lord said to her, verse 23, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One shall be stronger than the other. Watch this. And the older shall serve the younger. Now. Now, 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 wait a minute. The older uh, shall serve the younger. Well, we got an issue here. Because in Hebrew culture, 
The firstborn son was the son with the blessing. And so God is telling her that the way it normally works for everybody else, it's going to be reversed for you. Now, now watch this. Who was talking at that time? The Lord was answering who? Rebecca. I have a question. Who else heard what God said? The children. Jacob and Esau were their names. And when she's pregnant with them and the Lord responds, they both hear the Lord's response. Bishop, what are you talking about? Well, we have evidence that we can find in the New Testament also because when John the Baptist, who is now in the womb of Elizabeth, gets in the same room as Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus, John starts kicking because John says, for this reason, I was sent and I'm in the same room for the reason I exist. That's why when you come to harvest, something on the inside of you starts kicking and you can't explain it and you're trying to figure it out it's because for this reason were you sent so now since we know that Rebecca Jacob and Esau heard it listen this explains Jacob's actions in the next few verses look at verse 25 and the first now the first that means he's the what oldest understand chronological order came out red he was like a hairy garment all over so they called his name and, and you know what Esau's name means in Hebrew? Harry. <laughs> red and hairy. That's just what it means. They just said, we're just going to create something because he's hairy and red. That's all. Yeah. But look at verse 26. Afterward, which means he's the what? Younger. His brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called. Come on, what? Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So they're married for 20 years, and now they conceive, but for 20 years she's barren. Jacob heard the Lord say, Jacob, the younger, is going to be served by Esau, the older. So the reason Jacob grabs the heel of Esau is because he heard what God had said about him. So he was just simply surging forward. I'm, I'm going to help somebody tonight. He heard what, what was declared and he grabbed it. And that's what you're going to have to do in this place tonight. You're going to have to grab what I'm getting ready to declare over your life. I need somebody to just throw your hand out and grab it like you're Jacob. Because I've just told you 2015 is going to be the greatest year of your life. I don't need you sitting there looking at me like you're confused and strange and otherwise. I need you to... Ain't enough faith in this room. I need you to just throw your hand out and... Bishop, what does that mean practically? It means I'm going to hear the message and then I'm going to do it. Tell somebody, say, I'm going to hear it and do it. I got to keep going. Watch this. Be seated. The Bible says that Isaac loved Esau... Not because of who Esau was, but because he liked the food Esau hunted. It, it, it's, it's a shame when you discover that sometimes people just love you for what you can do, but not who you are. That's why years ago I used to get hurt when people say, Bishop, I love you. And then they do stuff that I'm like, you couldn't possibly love me. I learned that you don't actually love me. You love what I do for you. <laughs> but it says that, watch this, it says that Rebecca loved Jacob for who he was. So now we've got a schism between the brothers because Esau's love because of what he can do. 
But Jacob is loved because of who he is. Yeah. When you look at your neighbor and say, God loves you for who you are. See, when you finally get that fact in your head that God does not just love you, but I got an announcement. He likes you too. I'm here to tell you, he ain't mad at you. He ain't trying to get, baby, if he wanted you out of here, you would have been gone a long time ago. I wish you'd have to have somebody next to you say, he loves me and he likes me. Even when I'm not good, I think there's a few people that found out, even when you're not right, the God that we serve still said, I love you and I still got a plan for you. And I'm... Watch this, one day, I got to move, one day, during what's thought to be a time of famine, Esau comes in from the field. Now Esau, he's a hunter. Say he's a hunter. Esau's a hunter, and he goes out uh, into the field, and he and he comes in. This is a time of famine, and he's weary. Say he's weary, and he's tired. And because he's weary and tired, he makes the mistake that many folk do—not you, but somebody you know. He makes a permanent decision based on a temporary problem. I've taught it another way. He makes a permanent decision from a temporary location. But please understand. And watch this. When he comes in, say he came in. He's weary. He's tired because if it's a time of famine, that would suggest to us that perhaps as he's hunting, he's not finding what he needs because if there is no grain, then the animals can't feed. If the animals can't feed, he can't hunt for the animals. Does this make sense to you? It makes much sense to me. So watch this. Esau comes in and he's what? And? He's weary. He's tired. He's sick and tired of being sick and tired. He's tired of sick and tired and sick and tired of tired and sick. Did you get what I just said? Now, if you'll be honest, anybody, you have some of the moments in 2014 where you just said, I'm just disgusted. I just can't take no more. Esau comes in, but watch what he does. He sells Jacob the right to receive the blessing. That was customarily given to the firstborn son for some soup and a biscuit. As the oldest Hebrew son, he was entitled to receive the blessing. Say the blessing. The Hebrew fathers, when they were pronouncing the blessing, they stretch out their right hand, which is why bishops today, they tell us, guard our right hands, because when you're a legitimately consecrated bishop, you have apostolic succession all the way back to Christ himself. And so now Jesus laid hands on the 12, and the 12 laid hands on them, who 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 2,000 years later laid their hands on me. And so they say, guard your right hand, because that's the hand of the blessing. Esau's tired and weary. And do you know what he does? Esau goes in, and Jacob is like, hey, um, you look kind of wore out. He's like, man, I'm getting ready to die. He says, watch Jacob, because Jacob's a heel grabber. Jacob says, I know what was said about me. Now, you can sit around and act like you don't know what you're supposed to do in your life. But See, some of y'all got brothers and sisters like that. Act like they don't know and don't want to do nothing and ain't trying to go nowhere. But there's something in you that's like, you might be confused. You might not want to do what God wants you to do. But I think there's a few Joshua's in here. But as for me and my. I... So Jacob, they make a deal. Say they make a deal. And the deal is, is that, watch this, for a bowl of soup, bowl of lentils, the Bible says, and some bread and a biscuit. I, I, I modernize it in a biscuit. It perhaps was the Southern style Grand's biscuits that you can purchase from the store that when you put them in the, in the oven for about 25 minutes, they really taste like they're from the South. No, they really do. I mean, no, they really, really do. Watch this. Esau didn't value being Isaac's son, but Jacob did. 
He's the God of Abraham, Isaac. Should have been Esau. But Esau didn't value his daddy. I, I'm going to help somebody. He didn't value whose son he was. That's why we refer to God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because Esau didn't value the gift that he had. And in fact, this was so disappointing to God that Hebrews 12 calls Esau's action profanity. When Esau sold his birthright and the right to be blessed as the firstborn son, the Bible calls that him cussing God out. Now, I know you think, Bishop, oh, no, you don't mess with God, you don't play with God. Please understand, it ain't just what you say that God evaluates, it's what you do. And God looked over, and as he looked over at, at Esau, he said, Esau, man, do you not know who your daddy is? Abraham, Isaac is the man. And the fact that you're not valuing that your daddy is Isaac, I consider you cussing me out. Touch your neighbor, say, don't cuss the Lord out. The Bible says that his profanity got so much worse that, watch this, he started to pick horrible wives in an effort to, watch this, make his father Isaac approve of him. He's like, well, I done messed up being blessed, so let me just go get married. Now, I could spend a long time right there, but I don't have it. But make sure you ain't somebody's default. Make sure it didn't work in business, and so now they figure they try you. Y'all ain't going to say nothing, which means I might need to stay right there. What's this? He starts picking horrible women. Say horrible women. Horrible women. Matter of fact, the Bible says that it caused his mother and father, Isaac and Rebecca, it caused them grief. When they looked at him, they're like, ugh. Why he like her? And they were, you know how they do now. He, they started finding text messages. I'm going to modernize and contemporize it for you. They started finding text messages. They're like, did you see this text message that she had just sent? I don't know why you like her. They went on her Facebook. Let me modernize it. They went on her Facebook and said, I don't know why it is that you, did you see what she posted? She's sitting up here talking about she nay nay. No, she just need to no, no. This is a mess. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Y'all going to Denver me. Okay, whatever. Please understand, let me give you a side note. Watch this. While you may be comfortable with a Delilah, you don't marry a Delilah. A Delilah in Hebrew means one who weakens or makes poor. Hear me, single folk. You study Delilah so that you never pick them again, but you don't marry them. You look at them and say, I know I don't need to do that, 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 that. I ain't going to make this mistake again. Back to the regular schedule message. As Isaac is nearing the end of his life, he tells Esau to go hunting and to make him a good meal. So evidently, Esau had the ability to cook. He wasn't just a hunter, but he was also a chef. He says, make me some food, man. He said, because uh, I'm going to bless you. And listen, Rebecca overhears the conversation. Watch this. And she tells Jacob to go deceive Isaac so that he can speak the blessing over Jacob opposed to Esau. Watch this. This is where the misunderstanding we have about Jacob begins because remember I started out my supposition was is that many people called Jacob a trickster a deceiver but it wasn't his idea it was the noose around the neck you remember what her name meant in Hebrew it was his mama's idea and the only thing Jacob did was obey his mama in fact, Jacob tells his mama that he'll gonna, he's going to be cursed for deceiving his father. But Rebecca says, no, son, the curse will be on me. Which means it wasn't Jacob's idea to deceive his father because he wasn't the deceiver. It was his deceitful mama's idea. 
Just your neighbor say, what you thought you knew about Jacob just ain't right. So watch this. Isaac is like, uh, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. They, they went through a whole thing. I mean, they went through a whole thing, got costumes, went to the costume shop, the whole nine. He's like, you, now, you sound like uh, Jacob. He said, but I can barely see. He said, but you feel like Esau. He said, oh, it's me, it's Esau. He said, well, son, your voice didn't change since the last time we talked. Everything all right? What you doing? What y'all, what's she doing to you? What are you So Isaac does what? He blesses who? Jacob. But that shouldn't be news. Because when he was in the womb, God said about him that he was going to be the one. Why? Because he was a heel grabber. You're not hearing me. He said, every opportunity, I'm going to seize it, and I'm going to maximize it, and I'm not going to sit around being a victim, but I'm going to grab I dare you to just do your Jacob move one time. If you, I'm just gonna watch me grab it. Watch this. So Esau comes in, red, <laughs> big red comes in. After preparing the meal to receive the blessing, and he's like, "Listen, pops, daddy, I'm here, ready. Come on, bless me indeed. Let's get the blessing going." And Isaac says, "Say again, son, who?" And he's literally asking him the scripture. I don't have time to do that. He literally asks him. He says, "Who are you?" <laughs> He's like, I'm your son, Esau, your firstborn. He's like, oh, no, he was just in here, and I just blessed him. He says, wait a minute, Daddy, you trying to tell me that uh, Jacob then came in here, and now for a third time, what I didn't value, he took advantage of. You, 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 you're, not, you're, not, you're, not hearing, you're not hearing what I'm saying. But, but we got a problem. Somebody said we got a problem. Isaac says, listen, son, it's too late. I can't bless you. I can't take it off of him and give it to you. It's too late. I've spoken it. I've decreed it. And because I've spoken it and decreed it, I cannot take it back. He said, but I'll say some good words over you. I'm going to say some good. I'm going to put in a good word for you with the Lord. I'm going to say some good stuff to you. He said, but I need you to understand something. He said, uh, no, the, the blessed one is Jacob. And I already told Jacob that you would serve him. So, uh, uh, you know, God be with you. Be encouraged, son. Keep the faith. Stay faithful. God is going to bless you. But watch this. But we have another problem. Apparently Esau forgot that he had sold it. So the fact that he had an expectation to receive something after he had sold something. Let me slow down. Evidently he didn't realize that the blessing now belonged to Jacob. Let me say this to somebody. Don't you be mad when you lose what you didn't value. I wish you'd look at your neighbor and say, don't be mad if what you didn't treat right kicks you to the curb. And for those, I ain't talking about people. I'm talking about you didn't value your job. Now they let you go. You didn't value the opportunities you had. You didn't value your pastor. You didn't value the op Don't you be mad when what you didn't value is taken. I, I got to keep the story. I got to keep the story. I got to keep the story. Watch this. I got to keep the story. So you can imagine Big Red is mad. Esau is heated. Somebody say he's heated. You have been so mad to where you couldn't actually be mad. Like it started over and you were like glad. Watch out for them people that when they get mad, they laugh. Because those people that get mad, when they get mad, they laugh. Like their anger went all the way to 100 and then it came back over here and restarted. 
if they ever laugh at you when they're supposed to be angry, say, I need to just excuse me because you ain't finna. You, because I read the Bible, turn the right, turn the other cheek, which means as I'm coming back to give you that right hook. So that's what it means to turn the other cheek. Turn it so they can see when you're not around. What's this? What's this? Esau's mad. Say he's mad. He hates his brother. Naturally. He's like, he takes everything. Every opportunity. He said, the only thing I had going for me is that daddy liked my cooking and liked my hunting. He said, mama didn't love me. I knew that. She never ever. When we had conversations, she never brought me in the room. When she was saying, I love you, she conveniently skipped Big Red's room. Some of y'all can sympathize with Esau because you feel like you're the product of parents that made difference. And so even though you all are both in your 40s, 50s, 60s now, you still play the same difference games that you played when you were children because you had a mama like Rebecca. Or maybe you had a daddy like Jacob who the only thing that you were good for is what you could do in the moment you didn't produce you were no longer loved. It was, it was you were loved by productivity. I'm, I'm talking to somebody tonight, and, 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 and so sometimes, 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 sometimes uh, things happen in families, and so we have a family issue. And so now Esau's mad at his brother, and he wants to kill him. So Rebecca tells him to flee, watch this, to Uncle Laban to go be safe. Tell your neighbor, say, Bishop's going somewhere. Now, remember, I told you 2015 is the year you're going to surge. Now, now watch this. He asked uh, Laban, when Jacob gets there, for his daughter, Rachel. The Bible says that when he looked at Rachel, he was like, God, uh, good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. How you doing, Miss Rachel? <laughs> Excuse me, miss. I, yeah, he's like, I just, yeah, he's like, God, dog. Uh. Now, now, watch this. Uh, uh, watch this. <laughs> he says, Uncle Laban, hey, Uncle. Let's talk about Rachel. That's what I want to talk about. And uh, he's like, I got to have her. He's like, Keith Sweat, I want her. He's like, I just. And if you're religious and you got offended by that, please go ahead and leave now because I'm going to say some other stuff that's really going to offend you. So if that offended you, please go now. Because which Sunday is this? Fourth Sunday? Oh, shoot, is it? You don't know what I might say tonight. You don't know. Watch this. Watch this. And he says, Laban, uncle, unk, I got to have her. And so look at the conversation because I need you to see this. Uh, look at what Laban asked him. Genesis 29 and 15. Then Laban said to Jacob, because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Jacob says, I'm going to work. For seven years for her. You missed it. Why didn't Jacob say seven days? Laban told him to set the terms in which he would receive his promise. And rather than operating by faith, he decided to operate like a fool. He could have said, well, how about I work tonight and we leave in the morning? Can I tell you, there's something in you, watch this, and some of it's cultural and some of it's psychological and pathological. It is the way and the modality in which your mind thinks. There are some things that you have convinced yourself it shouldn't be this easy. And so whenever stuff starts coming to you easy now, you're looking at it strange because you're like, I didn't have to fight for it. Well, I just made an announcement to you that what God is saying for 2015 is your year to serve, which means that's some stuff you're just going to have to 
Stop saying I'm not good enough. Stop saying I don't deserve it. Stop. Watch this. Jacob set the terms of receiving his promise. Rachel, not Laban. Jacob set those terms. Can I ask you something? Why have you been setting bad terms for your life through your bad confessions and declarations? I'm going to ask you again. Why have you been setting bad terms for your life through bad confessions and declarations? Because what do you mean? Nothing ever works for me. I'm just broke. That's a horrible confession. Then, Bishop, what should I say? It's not wise for me to buy that right now. Bishop, confession don't matter. You ought to read your Bible, and I don't have time to teach all of that. The scripture says, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and them that love it shall eat its fruit. Jesus said, you'd be snared by your idle words. By your own words, would you be justified and or condemned? Jacob set the terms, watch this, and then Laban used them against him. What has the enemy been using against you that truth be told you set the terms of? You said stuff like this. If they ever leave me, I don't know what I'd do. Then they left. Now you don't know what to do. I'm going to help somebody. Trust your neighbor say, don't set bad terms. You, you said to yourself, if this ever happens, I just lose my mind. It happened. And now you lost your mind. But tonight. I think I got a few folk in here. But tonight, I don't care what bad terms you've set for yourself. Somebody shout, but tonight. The terms of your deal are being renegotiated tonight. Ah. Watch this. So Jacob works for those seven years. I got to move those, the, the terms he says. Say so he set the terms. And after seven years, Laban deceives him, and he gives him Leah. Now, we've talked about Leah many times before. Leah's uh, name in Hebrew means weary and tired. In fact, when the scripture talks about her eyes it being delicate, it, it really is not necessarily saying that she had a, an, uh, uh, a problem uh, the, that an uh, um, eye doctor needed to fix. Let me clean it up real fast. It wasn't necessarily saying that. What it was saying was that she had been so tired. Why, Bishop? Because the fact that her daddy would give her to a man and not tell the man about it tells you what her daddy thought about her. She was rejected by her daddy. And then when she finally marries Jacob, Jacob only wants her for sex. So now she's a woman that is in a very peculiar predicament. She's in a conundrum of sorts because she's now rejected by all the men in her life. And she's trying to figure out. She said, I'm tired and I'm weary. Why won't nobody accept me for me? Are you still here? Jacob gets Leah after seven years, and Laban deceives Jacob. Watch this, though, like his mother had him to deceive Isaac. I told you there were four keys you need for 2015. Here's the first one. The first key is commitment. Somebody say commitment. That just means dedicated. Say dedicated. Watch this. Please understand. After working for seven years and not getting what he wanted, he's like, hey, uh, Laban, unk, Big misunderstanding, big misunderstanding. You thought I wanted Leah. I know, maybe I was talking too fast in Hebrew or something, speaking in tongues, something, you know what I said. I, no, I wanted Rachel. And, and Laban's like, oh, no, you know, we can't give away the oldest. It's really an interesting uh, situation because now she's the oldest and she's unwanted. Esau's the oldest. He's, a, okay, all right, okay. 
He said, this can't be done in our country like this. We can't, you can't give you that. And watch what Laban does. He uses Jacob's terms against him. He says, I'll tell you what, since you like this seven years thing, since you keep saying I'll be out of debt in 2020, since you keep saying I'll enjoy life once I pay these student loans off, since you keep setting these bad terms for your life, Laban says, I'll tell you what, work for me another seven years and then you can have her. Doesn't ever say, be careful of the terms you set. Watch this, watch this. He was committed. Say he was committed. Jacob says, all right, I'll work for another seven years. He said, you don't understand, Laban. I want her. Leah's nice. But her? Gotta have her. And the scripture says that it was, didn't even seem like that long to Jacob. He was just so excited. I mean, she had to be. In fact, the Jewish midrash amongst the rabbis suggests that uh, uh, she was one of the most beautiful Hebrew women to ever walk the face of the planet. The, all the rabbis say that about her today. So she, she uh, God dog. Look like some of the women at Harvest, just beautiful, blessed women. We got the most beautifulest women's in the Denver metro region, amen. And I don't mean, don't look at me no kind of way. I ain't, don't, don't come at me like that. I'm giving a compliment to the ladies of our house. Don't be mad because we ain't got busted women up in our church. Don't be, don't be, don't be mad at me. All right, so don't, I don't mean no, that, no kind of way. Don't start nothing with me because I'll finish it. Yes, so on that, baby. So do so on that. <laughs> In 2015, hear me. Say, this is the first key. Commitment. Say commitment. In 2015, your commitment to Jesus and church and serving in the church must be like Jacob's for Rachel. His commitment to her was, let me say it in an urban vernacular if I could, it's ride or die. Well, I says, you've been sent to Harvest to join me in changing the world. And at Harvest, we are a ride or die people. We are a committed people. I just need to know if I got a few ride or dies in here. I just need to know if I got a few committed folk in here that say, Bishop, we've not been sent to take sides, but we've been sent to. Watch this. Be seated. Jacob didn't know. I got to move quickly. Jacob didn't know that Laban, say Laban, his name. Now, I was really going to take this teaching a whole other way, and I'll do it later on in another series because of one of the definitions of Laban's name. But his, his name means in Hebrew to purify. Say to purify. But hear me. There's some stuff that seemed to wear you out in 2014. But the truth is, is it was like Laban. It was just purifying you. It was killing your pride, killing your rebellion, killing your disobedience. Watch this. And showing you the real deal about you. Bishop, how do you know it was sent to wear me out? Because after seven years, he got Leah. Leah's name in Hebrew means weary, tired, wore out. I'm here to tell somebody there's more after the first seven years. I'm here to tell somebody there's more after Leah. Would you shake your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off? Say, something's coming after Leah. Well, what's this? He worked for Leah or worked for Rachel in his mind. And after the first, how many years? Seven years. He got tired and weary. He said, I ain't been faithful to God all this time to get her. Now, her isn't it, which means tired and weary. There's some of you that there's, you've done stuff in life and you've labored. And you said, after all of my labor, this is what I have to show. Where the folk at in here that say, I ought to have more to show for my life. I'm not mad. I'm quite thankful, but I ought to have more to show.
Somebody shout but. I love God because he loves big butts. In the English language. Bishop, what, what do you mean he loves big butts? Because he worked for Rachel another seven years. I'm going to help somebody. I'm going to help somebody. You, you better grab this like Jacob. Seven years and halfway through, he's tired and weary. Another seven years. Seven, seven. At the end of the 14th year. <laughs> At the end of the 14th year, he finally got what he'd been laboring for. Would you shake somebody's arm and say, I'm getting mine in 2015. Everything I've prayed for, everything I've sown for, everything. Shout, I'm getting mine. What's this? What's this? What's this? You all look at somebody and say, Laban's about to pay me. Laban represents a system and Laban's getting ready to pay me. It's some stuff that came to take your money in 2014. It owes you. It's some systems that have been systematically taking from you and systematically disenfranchising you. But Laban's about to pay up. What's this? I got to move. I got to move. That, that word is for somebody. That, that word is for somebody. Numbers matter to God. It's called gematria in Hebrew. Numbers matter to God. Would you look at somebody and say, numbers matter to God? 15 is the year Laban pays me. I know you've been tired, but you've been faithful. I know you felt like giving up, but you've been faithful. So Laban, I need some Jacobs. So that's mine. That, that, that's mine. What's this? I says, I got to move. I got to move. I got three more to get to see. For six more years, Jacob remains with Laban. And he prospers. Hey, he prospers. And when he departs, Rachel steals some of the idols that Laban worships. Which tells us now that Laban didn't worship the same God that Jacob did. Uh -huh. I don't have time to stay there. But Jacob doesn't know she stole. But watch this. Laban gets mad because... Jacob left and didn't tell him. And then he goes in the living room, looks around and be like, where my Buddha statue at? I contemporized it for us. All right, say amen. I'm gonna get, I'll, come, I'll come right up your aisle. You know, an idol. An idol is what you go to instead of God. It means a source. So, so for some of you, your idol... You know, you had an idol. I need a smoke. No, it's an idol. Okay, y'all ain't going to say that to me? Oh, I can see y'all got a little religious there, Bishop. I don't smoke. Uh -huh. You eat. That's your idol. Somebody today couldn't make it through the fight. I got to have a cheeseburger. No, that's your idol. It's what you go to instead of God. Maybe your idol is your mama. You call her for you call God. Oh, okay. Y'all good now? Y'all, y'all, we together now? All right, I'll move on. Say Laban's mad. Laban's heated. He's like, no, he didn't leave and didn't tell me. You get real mad when people depart and don't tell you they depart. See, all you runners, stop doing that. Tell folk you're going to leave them. 
Don't just let them show up and the locks change. It got real quiet right there. Apparently, I hit something else. Don't Facebook them and tell them you ain't friends no more. If you all this and all that, just call them. Quit them professionally. <laughs> Watch this. Laban's mad. Say he's mad. So Laban's like, oh, no. I'm going to hurt Jacob real badly. He took my daughters and my grandkids and then, then stole my idols. Oh, no, he don't know who he's messing with. I'm from five points. I'm from, I found out the other day, Denver had an east side. I didn't know we had an east side. Listen, I ain't trying to start nothing with nobody. Don't start nothing with me. ain't going to be no problem with you. I don't know nothing about it. I just heard it was there. I don't know nothing about it. They had to point it out there. They said, Bishop, no, it's right here on the map. I said, oh, I didn't know. I didn't. I was just like, Denver? What did you say, Denver? <laughs> I'll move on. What's this? What's this? Uh, Laban's like, don't mess with me. And so he gets angry. Say he's angry. He goes and he chases after Jacob. But watch what happens. God visits Laban and says, come here, Laban. I've been seeing how you've been treating Jacob. I want to tell you something. You better not mess with him. I'm going to tell you that it's been some stuff giving you hell in 14. That tonight, God's getting ready to go have a conversation with him. And say, you've been giving my Jacob. Where my Jacob's at? You've been giving my Jacob's hell. You've been starting stuff with him. You've been lying on him. You've been doing. You better leave him alone. Touch the neighbor and say, you better not mess with me. God says, hold up, wait a minute. When you mess with my child, you are messing with me. That's why the scripture says, if God be for us, who would dare be crazy enough to come against us? Watch this. So now we're in Genesis 31. I, I, we move real fast. Watch this. In Genesis 31, 38, look at what Jacob says to Laban because they meet. Say they meet. And when they meet, the Lord's already told Laban, you better not mess with him. He said, touch him. Watch this. He said, say something about him. I like God because God, see, a lot of people have this image of Jesus as some weird, you know, granola eating. I like granola too, but like tree hugging weirdo, like, peace, everybody, peace. Jesus said, I didn't come for peace. <laughs> Jesus said, I came with a sword to start a war. He said, and my war is going to turn mother against daughter, father against son. In other words, he said, they're going to have to learn to love you less than they love me. Jesus said, I didn't come for peace. Now, I'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding, but I didn't come for that. I didn't come to bring world peace. I came to tear it up. So everybody sitting in here, I just want some peace. Watch. He'll give you peace, but when he shows up, he said, I didn't come for your peace. I'll give you peace that surpasses all standing, all understanding, but it doesn't mean that what you go through is going to be peaceful. But I think I got a few witnesses in here tonight that found out about the peace of God. Won't he give you 
peace that surpasses all understanding. You could be sitting in the worst situation of your life, but sitting up saying, I know that I know that I know that I know that I know it's working for my good and it's working in my favor. Watch this. Be seated. I got to finish. So now they meet. Say they meet. Genesis 31, 38. These 20 years I have been with you. This is Jacob talking to Laban. He said, your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried their young, and I have not eaten the rams of your flock. That which was torn by beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it. Uh, you required it of my hand, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Verse 40. There I was in the day, the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from my eyes. Now, remember, he's doing this to get Rachel, but he's committed. Say, he's committed. Please understand, in 2015, you've got to be committed. And knowing what you're committed to determines what you're committed against. Let me say it another way. When you know what you're committed to, it predetermines what you're committed to not doing. When you know you're committed to church, if somebody schedules someone on a Sunday or Wednesday, you automatically know, I can't go to that. Well, just see, ain't nothing for me to see. It violates my commitment. Bishop, it don't take all that. Yes, it does. Jesus, who's God in the flesh, the anthropos, the God of man, so much God you can't believe his man, so much man you can't believe his God. The Bible called him Emmanuel, God with us. He never missed church. Now, what was the teacher going to teach him? Could you imagine Jesus in Sunday school? He was one of them kids that didn't want to go to King's Kids. He wanted to go to student ministry. He's like, I want to sit in there and listen. No, I'm not, Mama, you ain't, look, Mary. I'm not going to kids' church. Not today and not next week. I'm sitting in here. You can check my notes if you want to, but I'm sitting in here. Now, now watch this. Say I'm committed. Okay, but we're coming up on the second, uh, the second C. He says, verse 40, there I was in the day that the drought consumed me and the frost by night and my sleep departed from me. Unless the God of my father, verse 42, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty handed. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and he rebuked you last night. Here's the second key you need for uh, 2015, consistency. They're all C's, by the way. I'm going to make it real simple. I'm going to alliterate. So what's the first one you need? Commitment. When I know what I'm committed to, it predecides what I'm not committed to. Got it? Secondly, I've got to be consistent. Bishop, what is consistent? I've got to keep doing the right things. Watch this twist, even after they work. Here's what I've discovered is when we find something works, we stop doing it. Have you ever saw be honest? Look at your life. When it works, then you stop doing it. That's why some people, you keep going through hell, hellacious situation after hellacious situation because God already knows that your consistency lacks. So he says, you need an enemy to keep you praying. But I think there's some people that say tonight, lesson learned, I'm going to keep doing it after I see it work. Would you touch somebody and say, keep doing it after it works? So you see praying works, keep doing it. You see your giving works, keep doing it. You see your serving works, keep doing it. Jacob kept doing the right things after they worked. Somebody say he was cons consistent. Watch this. I'm almost, I'm almost through. As Jacob goes on his way. Now, after Laban, they make an agreement. They make an agreement. The agreement is, is look, Laban, you don't mess with me. I ain't going to mess with you. Laban's like, I'm fine with that agreement. Because the Lord already told me if I say anything. And it was interesting because the Lord said, don't say anything for him or anything against him. Be neutral. And they make this agreement, and, and Laban goes his way. Jacob goes his way. Now, watch this. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? As Jacob goes on his way, he sends messengers to Esau to make sure everything is cool as he passes by. 
So now Big Red still remembers. Big Red still remembers that he, in his mind, has been deceived. He's been tricked. Can't believe my brother gave me some soup and a biscuit and I... Some of the stuff you really think people did you wrong, you need to go reevaluate it. You did you wrong. You sitting here mad at people talking about, I got to get this bitterness out of my heart. Well, then you need to start with you because you did you wrong. People only do to you what you let them do. I can't believe so-and-so did that to me. You knew what they were up front. Don't be mad that a snake bit you because you thought you were going to be the one to lay hands on a snake and transform it to a cow. Snakes bite. That's what they do. So Jacob now, he's like, I got to go pass by Esau. Esau becomes Edom. Edom becomes one of the worst enemies of the children of Israel later. It's a big family fight. Everything going on in the Middle East, uh, majority of everything going on in the Middle East, is a big family fight today. That's all it is, just families fighting. So you thought your family had drama, y'all aren't throwing nukes and missiles and stuff. Watch this. As Jacob goes on his way, he sends some messengers to Esau to make sure everything's cool, everything's good, everything's copacetic as he passes by. But the messengers return to Jacob and say, Jacob! They were sensationalists. You ever met a sensationalist? Everything is just like on level 10. They call you, oh my God. And don't be offended because I said God. God is not God's name. God is a 6th century Germanic term from the word Gudan, which is a title for deity. God is not God's name. It's his title. A title. So don't be, he took the Lord's name in vain. That's not his name. Come next week. You'll learn something else. Back to my regularly scheduled message. Oh, my God. Did you see what they posted about you on Facebook? I'm going to text you the screenshots. I wonder if they're talking about you. They posted at 1145. Are y'all still talking at 1145? The messengers come back and they're sensationalists. They're sensationalists. Jacob! Man, Esau is on his way. And look, look, dude, look. <laughs> they got street with him. Look, dude. He got 400 men with him. Not 100. They got street with him. He got 400 men with him. Now, Jacob is like, Like Sanford or something. He's like, this the big one. <laughs> this the big one. <laughs> Woo-wee, that's the big one. I knew he was going to find me. I had changed my number and moved, but I knew one day he was going to find me. That's got to be careful putting your stuff on their computers. They'll get your information. The Bible says he's scared. He's like, he ain't just coming to kill me. He brought 400 men to take me, and I ain't got nothing but these two women and these children. And the two women can't stand one another, so they don't fight the whole time. They were enemies, the scripture says. So Leah and Rachel, nah, you go with it. Nah, you go fight. Nah, I ain't fighting. I fought last week. Nah, you come fight. See, that's what I'm talking about. See, this, you know, I'm too grown for this. You know all this here. Jacob's like, we ain't got nothing but these two women that can't stand one another and these children. I don't know how in the world 
I'm going to take down Esau. So he comes up with this big plan. He's like, all right, so y'all go and be like, hey, God bless you. Be encouraged. And then y'all go be like, hey, you got a nice jacket on. I mean, he comes up with this, this real elaborate plan to try to get past Esau. Jacob's stressed out. Say so he's stressed out. Because he's sure Esau's getting ready to kill him. And he cries out to God. And then something powerful happens with bring me to the third key you need, command every day. Say something powerful happened. Say it again. Say something powerful happened. I taught you this revelation one year ago today, and I need you to get the CDs of it from last year, command your year. Go to bookstore and get them, command your year. But I need to revisit it briefly now. When he gets stressed out and his back is against the wall, something powerful and poignant happens in Genesis 31, 24. Here it is. Then Jacob was left alone. We read it, but now let's read it with a revelation. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled. Say wrestle. The Hebrew word there gives the inference that he prayed in a forceful manner. I'm not talking about dear Lord Jesus. Just want you bless me. And you praying wrong anyhow. You're supposed to say Father in the name of Jesus, by the way. But I, I ain't talking about them little cute prayers where you, you know, hallelujah, Lord, if you want. No. J, uh, Jacob was like, God. He may have been an old Baptist deacon. My Lord. I'm just down here. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. I'll leave it alone. He's like, I Listen. This man is getting ready to kill me, and he's got 400 men. Now, I'm not going to go out like this. So he prays, and the Bible declares that his prayer is so powerful that God calls it wrestling. I'm going to tell somebody tonight, before 14 is over, you're getting ready to wrestle with God. And I ain't talking about some little cute prayer. I'm talking about a prayer to where when God looks at him, he says, I know that I know that I know. They're serious about this thing. Would you have five your neighbors say, we're getting ready to wrestle, getting ready to wrestle. Watch this. He wrestles. He prays in a forceful manner. Watch this. Until the breaking of day. Which means when he started praying, it was before the sun came up. Now, if you were not here, you have to get the CDs from last year because I cannot reteach the revelation again. I'll give you a little bit, but I cannot reteach it again. Touch your neighbor so you must get the CD. Well, why does the Bible take the time to record that he prayed before the sun came up? Look at verse 25. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hips was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go because the sun's getting ready to come up. The day is getting ready to break. But look at what Jacob says. You ain't going nowhere. Now, what kind of man has the audacity to speak to God that way? A heel grabber. Somebody that says, I'm not repeating 2014. I'm not repeating my generational curses. Are there any heel grabbers in here? Watch this, I gotta move. I gotta move, be seated. So I need to make sure we get it. So when did Jacob wrestle, which we understand was just very powerful prayer? When did he do it? Before the sun came up. Now watch this. Uh, when God, with God, I'm gonna give you a little bit, but you must get the what? CDs. You have to get it because I can't go into the depth of it because some of y'all be like, I ain't never heard of that. Again, show up on Sunday, you'll learn something else. Here's the deal, but you got to get the CD because, 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 please understand, just because you don't know it, please understand, if you come in here and you know everything I'm getting ready to say, then we have what's called a problemo. I'm not just coming to confirm, I'm coming to reveal. 
So I ought to preach some stuff that challenges what you think you know. Because what you know was only good enough to get you to where you got, which means to get to where God has taken you, you're going to need an upgrade. Another word for an upgrade is a surge. I wish you'd holler surge. All right, watch this. Watch this. Let me make it practical for you. With God, a day starts the evening prior. Watch this. And if you want to pray over your day or command your day and bless your day, you can't wait till the morning of the day. Because Genesis 1 teaches us that the sun and the moon are the default rulers of the day. And if you don't command your day before the sun rises, the day will command you. That's why, watch this. According to God, January 1 started when the sun started to set. So the reason you had to be here tonight is because you're not just commanding January 1. You are commanding the next 365 days of your life. Somebody touch somebody say command the year. All right, so listen, what does that mean practically? Again, please get to see these because I, I, I can only touch it real quick because we're almost out of time. Psalm 121.6 says this. Now, the sun and the moon are the default rulers of the day. Say they're the default. Default means, uh, in other words, it means the average. It means that if you don't set it, they'll set you. And too, for too long, you and your bloodline have been living by the default ruler today. You wake up and say, well, whatever happens today, <clears throat> that ain't what Christians were created to do. Christians were created to talk to the day before the day got here. So when the day got here, the day produced for them what they needed for it to produce. I ain't going on. You know, they used to say in church, I'm going to run on and see what the end is going to be. I ain't going to see what it's going to be. I told it what it's going to be. So when I get there, it's going to be what I said it is. All right. Get somebody say, you better command this year. And if they didn't look like they like what you said, touch somebody else. Forget them. Tell them you better command this year. Watch this. Psalm 121.6. Watch this. I got to move. The sun shall not strike, which in Hebrew means to beat down, to give wounds, and to kill. Which means the sun's default rule for your day is that the day beats you down, that people and situations wound you, and its desire is to take you out. Now hear me. It doesn't want to kill you by getting you off of earth. It wants to kill you by destroying your vision. Because if you don't have a vision for your future, you're already dead. They made a movie. I think they call it a dead man walking. Please understand. Uh, a dead man walking is a far worse advertisement for God than somebody uh, that's dead in the grave. So the enemy, people say, the devil tried to kill me. No, that ain't really scripture. You ought to read the book. That's extra textual. What he wants to do is to get you to stop living and to get you to stop progressing so that you're a dead person walking. He wants you to be talking about in 15 what happened to you in 95. That's over. He wants you in 15 to talk about how they hurt you in 14. That's over. Touch your neighbor and say, you've got to live. All right? The sun shall not strike. Be down. Get wounds. Kill. You by day, nor the moon by night. Please understand. The default rule of the day. you got to get to see these. I only got time to touch it real quick. I'm going to say it one more time. you got to get to see these because I only have time to touch it real quick. Here's what happens for most Christians. And you were probably taught this in Sunday school or some BTUs or whatever. Watch it. Like seven of y'all know about that. Okay, watch it. Most Christians pray once the sun and moon have already made their ruling for the day. And it's too late. If you pray about tomorrow, when tomorrow gets here, the sun and the moon have already set the default rule for the day. 
That's why when I originally released this revelation to you, Jesus always got up to pray to reset the day. And there's one time in Mark 9 where he does it, and he's in the city called Capernaum. And Capernaum means comfort. He's in a place of comfort, and the people want him to stay there. And like, Jesus, we need you, Jesus, we need you, Jesus, we need you. But he gets up before the sun comes out, and he resets what had been set in the night. And when he wakes up in the morning, the disciples are like, Jesus, where were you? Jesus is like, we got to go, and we got to go now. They were like, well, Jesus, all these people need you to heal them. All these people need you to heal them. But Jesus said, no, Capernaum is where I'm comfortable. But Galilee is, means in Hebrew an electrical current, which means a surge. In other words, Jesus said, I got to get out of my comfort zone because God's getting... Where are the Jacobs at that say, I got to get out of my comfort zone. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Ah! So, Bishop, what does this mean practically? In 2015, I got to hurry up. We got 10 minutes for us here. In 2015, that means get up before the sun does. Which means, watch this, you can do it the night before. Because somebody like this, I ain't no early morning person. I understand. Now, I changed recently. But I wasn't always like that. People call me at six and seven. What could possibly be this important? Heaven ain't even open yet. I'm being facetious. Here's what this means practically. Tonight, and we're going to do it for the entire year. See, that's why you're like... Some of y'all, you ain't been in church the whole year. And you're like, why am I going tonight? It was a setup. God said, you ain't repeating another broke up, messed up, jacked up. Somebody's holler surge. All right, watch this. So in 2015, here's what this means. You get up the night prior or before the sun gets up and you command your day. Bishop, what does it mean to command my day? That means if you don't have a targeted prayer list, you need to get one. Bishop, what is that? Go to KLU. We'll teach you all about it. It means, watch this, I bless every appointment. Which means if you got an appointment with somebody else, I'm just seeing what they're going to say. Mm. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word told me in Isaiah that I could command the work of your hands. Therefore, when I get to that appointment, I declare favor. And I declare, favor means preferential treatment. When I get into that meeting, that meeting is going to grow for my favor. I'm going to get unexpected increase and unexpected good things happening. You got to bless today. Somebody say, bless today. And then you ask God to order your steps in the day. And then you ask him to give you the ability to walk in what he ordered. People say the steps of the righteous are ordered. Just because I order it don't mean that I got it. If he orders your steps, you actually, please understand, if you go to a restaurant, fast food restaurant, you order your food at window one, but then watch this, you could drive off and not go to window two. That's what happens to your neighbor, not you, you spiritual, but your neighbor, God orders their steps, but then they drive off and never go to window two. But that was 14. 15. I got one witness. I got two. I got three. Okay, somebody said, Bishop, I need some more scripture. Get the CDs, but let me give you one more. Job, Job lost everything in a matter of a couple of days. And Job is complaining. And you think rightfully so. But look at God's response to Job in Job 38, 12. You know this verse. Have you commanded the morning since your days began? And have you caused the dawn to know its place? Somebody in here tonight, you've been complaining about your life. And God says, while you're complaining, where are your commands? But tonight, somebody say, I'm not complaining. 
I'm commanding. So watch what happens. Watch this. I got to finish. Because Jacob commanded the day to come. Because remember, he wrestled before the sun got up. Which means he prayed in such a way that God said, he's wrestling with me. I likes him. Tonight, you're going to be the kind of Christian that when God looks at you, he's like, I likes her. I likes him. And some of you think, but Bishop, I messed up a lot. I, I got a lot of sins. I got a little issues. Let me tell you something. But tonight, God is saying, I don't really care nothing about all that. I don't care nothing about what they say. You may have done everything they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. God says, I know you ain't been perfect this year. I know you made some mistakes this year. But tonight, because Jacob commanded the day to come, when Esau comes, who swore that he would kill him. If I had time to show you the verses, Esau said, I'm going to kill him. And the Bible says he got happy about the fact. The reason he had comfort in his life was because he said, I'm going to kill him. So I'm happy today because I'm going to kill him. Hey, man, let's go eat. Watch this. But Jacob commanded the day. So when Esau comes with how many men? Now say it like you're from this house. Amen. I like y'all. Amen. Bless his name. Esau, watch this, whose original intent was to kill him. When he commanded the day, the chapter says that Jacob went to, he bowed before him several times. Like, oh my God, he's giving me to kill me. I just, maybe if I put my head down, he'll chop it off while I'm down. Esau says, give me a hug. I'm not here to kill you. I'm here to bless you. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Your greatest adversary, if you'll command the day, what you've been running from ain't there to kill you. It's getting ready to bless you. It's getting ready to help you. Touch your neighbor and say, what you've been afraid of isn't coming to kill you. It's coming to help you. Which brings me to my fourth and final key, and I got to finish it fast. Say compose. What was the first point? First key. Second key, third key, fourth key. What does, it, what does it mean to compose, Bishop? It means to write. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Bishop, Bishop, what do you mean write? In this instance, you're not going to just write. You're getting ready to rewrite. Bishop, what? Your story. Ah. Jacob's name means heel grabber, supplanter, one who supersedes and replaces. But the story that was told about Jacob was that he was a deceiver and a trickster and a heartbreaker, that he was a no good man. So he asked God when he commands the day, he says, Lord, rewrite my story. Bishop, how do you know he did that? Genesis 32, 26. Y'all got to go with me fast. I got two minutes. And he said, let me go for the day breaks, the angel said. But he said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Verse 27. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob. Watch. He said, because they keep getting confused about what your name means. They keep thinking you're the old you. They keep judging you by how you used to be. They keep talking about your yesterday and about you ain't this and you ain't that. He said, so what I'm going to do is now when they see you, they ain't even going to know your name. I'm going to rewrite your story. Would you look at your neighbor and say, he's going to rewrite your story? He said, your name shall no longer be Jacob. It shall be Israel. Here's why. Because you struggle with God and you've been struggling with people your whole life. But I got an announcement for you, Jacob. And you have 
when you have, in case you don't know what prevail means, prevail means you won. After all you've been through, after everything that tried to knock it, you just. Apparently, I ain't got nobody in here that knows what I'm talking about. Watch this, verse 29. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. He said, you don't need to know my name. It's inferred, not listed explicitly. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And look at the last verse, or last part of the verse. And he what? He said, Jacob, they disputed the fact that what I said about you while you were in your mama's womb. They disputed with you about that. They called you a deceiver, Jacob. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to bless you myself. So that it can ever be argued about you again. That you're an illegitimate deceiver. And he blessed him there. Here's the, here's the final thing. Say, I'm, I'm rewriting my story. What if the story you've been believing about yourself was wrong? What if you weren't a failure? What if you were a conqueror? What if you weren't a loser? What if you were a winner? And the reason you needed a loss was so that you could appreciate a win. What if you're not a negative statistic? What if you're a statistic breaker? What if you're not cursed? What if your whole bloodline has the greatest blessing and you're the progenitor of it? Somebody say, I'm composing a new story. Stop saying, I never find a man that loved me. I never find a woman that loved me. Somebody say, change the story. Stop saying my kids will never serve Jesus. I'm here to tell you, God has a day to where every knee is going to have to bow. And every tongue, it ain't over there, it's here. Somebody say, change the story. Stop saying my body will never be healed. Somebody shout, change the story. Key number one. Key number two. Key number three. Key number four. I'm rewriting the story. If you were here at the beginning of the experience, you saw some of our students that rewrote their story. And they said, I'm not that anymore. And all they did to change the story was flip the cardboard. Tonight, the only thing you're getting ready to do, and we got 60 seconds before it gets here. So it's on the way. Somebody say it's on the way. Now, if I was just preaching to you, I need you on your feet at this moment. If I wasn't preaching to you and you want to have a jacked up year, please be seated. If you want to repeat your generational curses, please have your seats. But for all the Jacobs, all of the heel grabbers, what Jacob was doing in the womb is he was surging. Somebody shout, I'm surging. Somebody shout, I'm surging. Now they're going to play the countdown, but while let them count down, I want you to praise down. Give God your biggest praise. Not going to repeat. Surge. 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 Come on, give God a praise. I'm surging. I'm surging. A sudden powerful forward or upward movement 
Somebody shout, I'm surging. I need the countdown up. Somebody shout, I'm surging. Shout, I'm surging. Praise the Lord if you believe it. 13 seconds. It's almost here. 10, 9, 8. Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.